This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 247. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. This is a very special episode of the podcast. This is one of those rare interviews that we get to do every now and again in support of something exciting which is available for you guys to go and spend those hard-earned pennies on and add to that ever-expanding collection that you own. Uh, I got a chance last week to sit down and chat with Lucky McKee, director of such great movies like Me and The Woman, about the upcoming Arrow Video 4K release of The Woman. Now, you will know from recent memory that I did an In Reverence episode where I essentially blew the movie hard. Um, It's up there as amongst one of the best horror movies of the 2010s as a decade. I think it's right up there. I think it's hugely influential in its role in shaping indie horror cinema in that decade as well. Uh, Its use of soundtrack, you know, the bleak subject matter being totally against the grain of what kind of the main stage large cinematic horror releases are doing. It's a challenging movie for sure. So I won't bother reviewing the movie again for this episode because we put out a review fairly recently. But what we will do is, uh, you're going to hear me chat anyway to Lucky McGee and then at the end of the episode I'm going to give you some details about this release and when you can um, pick it up. Now, it's worth saying it's available for pre-order right now and you spend a bit of money on that one there and the good guys at Arrow are also giving you a special little bonus of The Offspring as well, which is technically the first movie in the series. So, Lucky McKee did not direct that, but they've, you know, they've, they've done their magic on that and that's also included in the release. So, you're essentially getting two movies for the price of one Um, As you will hear in this interview, Lucky McKee is extremely excited about this release and having seen the press screener that was sent to me, trust me, uh, this movie has never looked or sounded any fucking better than it is just now. I cannot wait to get that physical copy through the post and as I joke with him in the interview, this will be like the third or fourth physical copy I actually own of this movie, which is fucking nuts, but... Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to getting it. So, um, I'll save you all the usual nonsense of where to check out the podcast, etc, etc. Uh, and we'll just jump right into this. I'm going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear um, promos for shows that I love. When I return, I'm interviewing Lucky McKee right after this.
you're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break! Hi, welcome back everyone. So I am honoured at this time to be joined with um, a director who I've been a big fan for quite some time and he's getting the Arrow video treatment this month as what many would argue is potentially his piece de resistance, The Woman, makes its way to a special edition release 4K remaster and if you're lucky and you got the finger out quick and pre-ordered, you're getting a little bit something extra with this release. Lucky McKee is joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Phenomenal, phenomenal. We chatted quite some time ago, actually. It was about the time that you were about to release uh, All Cheerleaders Die. Um, uh-huh. And you've been a busy guy since then. Could you maybe just give us a bit of background on how, uh, how this release has uh, kind of surfaced how, how you've managed to uh, get a, a, a kind of dialogue going with that video and how excited you are about um the woman making its way to 4k oh man i'm really excited about this release uh it, it we we put the whole uh package together here um at the shop that i work at in el paso um we remastered the film here in our di room and uh and uh uh, put all the extras together. There's, there, it, it was just a really, really fun experience. And, and I know, uh, I've known Mike Hewitt works at, uh, at Arrow. Um, and I had known Mike going all the way back to when the woman was first released. He was working with another, another company at the time, uh, that was, uh, distributing the woman in the UK, um, back when we showed the film at Fright Fest, um, in 2011, I think. Uh, and, uh, I, I can't remember exactly how it came up. I can't remember if Mike hit us up or if I hit up Mike and was, you know, because I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of what Arrow does. Uh, I have a lot of their titles on my shelf um, and I've always been really friendly with the people at Arrow over the years. Um, they've sent me boxes of, of movies that they're putting out and stuff like that, which, you know, if you're a horror nut like I am and, and really, really, really proud of your Blu-ray shelf, it's always a treat to, you know, have them send me stuff and, this just this just worked out, you know the the rights uh, the distribution rights that we had with uh, the original companies uh, expired, and uh, Arrow just seemed like you know it would be a dream to have a movie put out by Arrow, and, and now that you know now that we're getting close to release, and I've, I've seen all the materials and everything like that, and uh, it's it's the most excited I've ever been for for a physical media release of my films and just release in general. Uh, the movie looks better than it's ever looked. Uh, the 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 new extras that we created for this, the new commentary tracks and everything like that are great. But the to me the the coolest thing on the set is uh, 
is the this little documentary that we put together. It's about 70 or 80 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And when we were making the movie, my father was there for the whole shoot, and he was running around with a little handy cam and just kind of filming everybody making the movie. So we put together this collage of a little, a little, little clips of a, a little bit of, of being on set every day of the making of the film. Um, and there's no interviews, no commentary, anything. It's just you, you just get to observe us uh, making the film. It's really fascinating for me. It's a wonderful time capsule. Uh, to go back and look at that stuff and, and, you know, remember what it was like making the film. So I think it'll be really interesting for people, you know, to get kind of a, an idea of what goes into making, you know, a film like that. Actually, how fun it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even with super dark subject matter, you know. I was going to say, like, because there, there was a time period there where Jack Ketchum stuff became very in vogue to, to do. Uh, adaptations yeah. for and you'd obviously uh, you've been involved with that before how did something like that come along like I, I mean were you always a fan of Ketchum stuff or had you met I, him through this uh, you know horror scenes or whatnot no I, I you know when my right when my career was starting out I lived in an apartment complex near my buddy Chris Sievertson uh, who I ended up making all trailers die with and who I, I work with all the time uh, we're like brothers um, <clears throat> Chris uh had heard about Jack Ketchum because Chris is a huge Stephen King fan and he had, he'd read somewhere uh, Stephen King talking about this guy Jack Ketchum mm. and he started picking up some of his books and, and just really, really got into them and started sharing them with me. Um, and we both just got kind of obsessed with Ketchum's writing um, and said, man, some of these would make really fantastic films. And I got attached, you know, then magically uh, I met this company that had just acquired the rights to his book Red. Um, and I got attached to that and tried to make the film and kind of made about half of it before I, before I had to leave the production. Um, but, uh, but before that, when, when I was making my movie, The Woods, it was the kind of the first like real job I had ever gotten uh, uh, making a movie where I was actually getting paid <laughs> to make a movie. Uh, when I got that opportunity and I had a little bit of money in the bank, uh, I just decided to option uh, Jack Ketchum's book, The Lost, uh, for Chris to write and direct. Um, so I bought him that option, and you know, a year after that, he managed to get the movie made. And over the course of optioning that material, I, I met I met Jack Ketchum over the phone, um, and we just became instant friends. He really he really connected with my movie May. He really liked it a lot, and uh, and you know, we were just friends ever since you know ever since that you know that beginning back in like 2003 or so mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it all started a long time ago he was a great guy i, I really really miss him yeah i mean like just the body of work he's done I, I will say amongst his adaptations uh the woman is my favorite i think it's, it's incredible and obviously you you've got Thank you. you've got me in for the win straight away when you have a, a fellow a country person in Pollyanna McIntosh who we absolutely adore in Scotland and she's went on to do big things with The Walking Dead and you know it's one of those kind of yeah. success stories we really enjoy. Her performance in The Woman is nothing short of absolutely incredible. You're, you're on set with her, is that a, a case of, are you giving much feedback and, uh, and and direction in that one or is she coming in purely in character for that performance uh you know er, when when she first read she'd obviously made the film offspring before that and i was i was really enamored with what she did with that character because it's, it's it's definitely 
the type of character that could come off ridiculous, you mm -hmm. know, if, 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 if not done right. Um, I loved what she did in Offspring. I thought she was the best thing about that film. And, you know, when after I, you know, Ketchum and I had written the script uh, for the woman, we sent it to her and was like, obviously, we can't make this movie without you. What do you think? And she didn't know me. So she she read the script and was like, I don't know, man, there's, this is really, really dark. I don't know if I want to do some of this stuff. And, you know, we just had to have some conversations and just build mutual trust between each other. And, you know, by the time we got to making the movie, we were on the same page. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really open when I work with people and I'm really open to ideas and really open to, you know, always trying to elevate the material above what's on the page, you know, and Polly was like just such a great collaborator in that she just, she brings so, so much, you know, with her. She's, she's a magnificent person, as you said, um, and a brilliant performer. So it was, it was pretty, you know, it, it was, it was a match made in heaven, the two of us working together. It was just such a joy. In terms of how you go about, because you are maybe one of the first directors that when I sat down to watch um, this kind of indie horror movie, um, I, and I was really starting to notice that the indies were starting to take, like especially the, the turn of, of, of the last decade, really starting to take a prominent role of pushing the envelope out. And your, your um, movie specifically had this score which, you know, it's, it's all one performer, it's one, one guy basically doing the, the whole thing. Was that, when you go to do something like that, what, I suppose the question I've got is, why, why go down that road and maybe not do, you know, different artists? Is that, is that a resource thing or is that a you, you approach uh, Sean or did Sean approach you or how, did, how does that come about? Um, I, Sean and I went to uh, went to uh, the same university. I was in the film school at USC, and he, I think he was in the literature. He was a he was literature major or something. Um, but th the way we met was we both were in bands, mm. uh, 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 and we we played the same house parties, and we kind of came to know each other through that. His band was really good. Mine was terrible, <laughs> um, and I always always really loved. Uh, really loved the songs that he wrote in that band. He was in a band that at the time was called Otto and then eventually they changed the name to Arlo. They, right after college, they ended up signing on Sub Pop Records and they, they were doing really, really well. And I always, they were, you know, there's two songwriters in the group and I always really loved the songs that I thought Sean just wrote really, really catchy songs and I really loved his voice. Um, and years later, somehow we reconnected, I think we reconnected on Facebook and I, it just came up that I was making a new movie and I had always had this dream of having a songwriter uh, not only write all the songs for the movie, but also to be there while we were making the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I found in Andrew Vandenhout and I found a producer that was that was open to me doing that. Um, usually, you know, music people kind of come in in the post-production phase. But Sean was there uh, the whole during the whole shoot, making, you know, creating the music. He had had some demos before that that I'd really liked, and I knew I wanted to use in the film. So he was working on new versions of those. Uh, and then just being inspired by the movie being made all around him. Um, it, it was very, very special. And then when we were finishing the movie, we went back to my house in Oklahoma at the time. I lived in the middle of nowhere, kind of like the cliques in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and it was me, uh, Sean, writing songs. Uh, he took over my, my bedroom in that house. 
And uh, in another room was our sound designer, Andrew Smedic, and the other room was our editor, Zach Passero. And just the four of us sat there and put that whole movie together um, in a house in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in, in Oklahoma. Um, it was just so special. It's one of my favorite creative experiences I've ever had. It was, it was almost like, you know, like when a band goes off to a castle or a secluded place to like make a record, you know? Yeah. It was very, very, it felt like that. It felt like what that, what that sort of experience would be like. It was beautiful. It's beautiful creative experience. I mean, it, it really does. It, it has such an impact. And it's one of those things as well. In the context of the movie, like I've listened to it many times standalone, but in the context of the movie, um, it just works in harmony. I didn't realize that he'd been on set. That actually does make quite a bit of sense because the songs are yeah. so intrinsically linked. I mean, you have kind of, you, there was a bit of backlash when the woman came out. Well, one of my favorite things because um, it was met with, with praise from the horror community but one of my favourite things and you, you're probably aware of this there's that famous audio clip of the, the man uh, arguing with the I don't know if you have heard this actually uh, there's a, a famous audio clip of a man um, arguing uh, he's been removed I think he was asking questions you, it may have been questions of yourself that, well that was yeah that was that was at the, our first showing of the mm -hmm. film we premiered the film it was a midnight movie at the sundance film festival in 2011 um and the movie just really got under the guy's skin and he just flipped out and just came into the theater you know when the movie was over he he, he just stood up and just started screaming and yelling and just saying how the movie should be burned and we should you know we're all really sick individuals and it was it was it was disturbing you know i was already so nervous just to show the film for the yeah. first time i could barely stand up out of that anxiety um because you know you again like i said i told you how we did the post-production mm -hmm. of the movie i mean it was just me and three dudes you know for months just really isolated and all of a sudden you're in a room with hundreds of people and and and, and you've just got all this anxiety of sharing it with the world when you've been working on it in the bubble um, mm -hmm. and that guy flipping out was kind of my worst nightmare at the time because he just it, he just totally took it the wrong way he yeah. totally took our intention our intentions the wrong way but ultimately all he did was just make more noise for the movie and it just got us it got us more noticed and it got us more press you know it kind of kind of worked it worked against them you know i'm thanking the guy now you know? yeah the audio clip is one of those I'd, I'd actually heard the audio clip before i'd seen the movie uh, it was one of those things yeah. that carries like carries through um it's like just one of those great time capsules that you you know you, you oh, hear now. And when, yeah and when you compare it to other things i mean like that that genre um you know keeps you know spit like horror just in general keeps pushing the, the boundaries of what we can do and what we go through and I, you know every festival I've been at you know there's always a movie where I'm like I can't believe someone's made a movie like this and it's kind of awesome yeah. and I think that's the purpose um, I mean you you now have this coming out it's you know it's imminent this release um, it looks like it's going to be phenomenal I think it'll be the third copy of the woman I own in digital, uh, oh, digital cool. media physical yeah. as well so I, I actually can't wait this the best one yeah. believe me this and, and I know that I know that people buy things multiple times so mm. it was like I really pushed hard to make sure that we stacked it with as much like new content uh the, the extras are phenomenal yeah uh, on this thing uh I had all of I had like about 20 hours of handy cam footage of that my dad had walked around on the set just filming the mm. movie being made every day so we put together like an 80 minute 
an 80 minute uh, collage of, of every of a little bit of every single day on the set and just just observing us make make making the film uh, and it's a beautiful little time capsule and it can kind of give people an idea of just like what goes into making you know a low budget horror film and how much fun it can be and 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 how gritty it can be and uh, and you know we did a bunch of new commentary tracks and it, we just loaded the thing my wife did some beautiful cover art for it and we just I just really wanted to make sure it was like you know because physical media there's less and less of it all yeah. the time I just wanted to make sure man let's go out with a bang this might be the last time the woman ever gets released in, in, in physical form mm -hmm. uh, so so you know we basically just did like our dream version we remastered the film it looks better than it looked when the movie came out uh, it just it looks, the movie looks and sounds beautiful. I'm just, I've never been more excited for <laughs> for, yeah. for a release of one of my movies. And the people at Arrow, I mean, like all their marketing people are really smart and they're collaborative and, and it's just been, it's been a wonderful experience working on it with them. So um, just kind of wrapping up this, because I know you've got, you've got other, uh, other people you're speaking to today. Um, uh, in terms of what's next, what, what, what have you got in the pipeline that you can share with us, if, uh, if anything that can be shared at the moment? I, I, I can't say what it is or who I'm working on it with, but I'm basically working on, like, if, if, you, if, you, if somebody came to me with a magic wand, which somebody actually did, um, <laughs> a, wonder, a wonderful, wonderful per person just waved their wand and said, if you could make anything you wanted to make, what would it be? And I said, it's this, it's this 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 project I've, I've wanted to make this for about 20 years um and they said okay let's do it and i want to i want to support you and i want to help you make the movie you want to make the way you want to make it and so i'm working on that right now and i feel like i'm I, I wake up every morning pinching myself that i'm getting a chance to do this it's not a big like epic blockbuster movie but it's something extremely personal and and uh, something that means means everything to me. It's, it's literally so. I'm literally working on my my ultimate passion project right now. So I'm really excited about it. <laughs> Cannot wait to see that when it when it drops. Yeah, um, me, me too. <laughs> um, social media. Uh, where can people uh, keep up to date with what you're doing? Uh, you active on Twitter or? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm a Twitter addict. Like like so many people um I'm, I'm on twitter i'm on instagram and uh i'm on face i'm on facebook but i don't i don't really use facebook mm -hmm. that much but twitter you can find me twitter twitter's i'm, I'm usually floating around there <laughs> talking nonsense nice nice thank you very much yeah. for your time like i say i cannot wait to have this as part of my arrow video collection i know for a fact that people that listen to my show um are big arrowheads as well so they will be uh, they will be yeah. purchasing the woman as well it's always a pleasure chatting to you i hope you have a phenomenal day and, um, i'll speak to you hopefully on the back of your next project all right man sounds good i'll be i'll be around right you take good care to talk to you. thanks okay thanks a lot okay. bye You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 247, a special little interview with Lucky McKee ahead of the Arrow Video 4K remaster of The Woman. Now, I did say up front at the start of the episode that I would give you some deets on this one at the end. 
Um, so we are closing in on the release of this one. I think the original street date for it was 18th of May. I think because of the whole COVID situation, I imagine that you know they may not be running exactly to the 18th, but it's still scheduled out this month. Um, the limited edition Blu-ray from Arrow Video features a brand new 4K remaster. Um, and let me tell you about the two disc limited edition content so you can get a little a little feel for why you should buy this one. It has a brand new 4K restoration of both the woman and offspring supervised and approved by Lucky McKee and Andrew Van, Van Den Houten. Uh, Andrew Van Den Houten is the director of Offspring and obviously Lucky McKee directed the women. So two 4K restorations of those movies. You get reversible sleeves featuring newly conditioned artwork for both films by Vanessa McKee. You get a collector's booklet featuring new writings by Michael Blythe, Alexandra Heller Nicholas and Kevin Covlant. Um, on the first disc, you've got a new 4K restoration supervised and approved by Lucky McKee, a high definition Blu-ray 1080p presentation, the original DTS HD ME 5.1 surround, uh, optional English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing. A new commentary with director Lucky McKee, editor Zach Passero, sound designer Andrew Semtek and composer Sean Spillane. You've got the new commentary by star Pollyanna McIntosh. Hello. Um, new commentary by critic Scott Weinberg. An archive commentary with the director Lucky McKee. Dad on the Wall, this is what Lucky was talking about in our interview, Dad on the Wall, a brand new 75 minute fly on the wall behind the scenes documentary filmed by the director's father Mike McKee, Being Peggy Creek, a newly filmed interview with star Lauren Ashley Carter, Malman Domestican, an archive making of featurette, Meet the Makers, a short featurette on the making of the film, Deleted Scenes, Me Buro, a short film by editor Zach Passero, Distracted music video by Sean Spillane. The Fright Fest Total Film Panel Discussion, a 2011 on-stage chat about the future of American indie horror at the most popular horror film festival featuring Lucky McKee, Andrew Van Den Houten, Larry Fezzeden, Adam Green, Joe Lynch and Ty West. Theatrical trailers and image galleries on the special second disc you get a new 4K restoration of Offspring, supervised and approved by Andrew Van Den Houten. You get the high-definition Blu-ray 1080p presentation, original DTS HD ME 5.1 surround, optional English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, a new commentary by director-producer Andrew Van Den Houten, archive commentary with writer Jack Ketchum, director-producer Andrew Van Den Houten, and producer-cinematographer William M. Miller. You get a new interview with Pollyanna McIntosh and Andrew Van Den Houten. You get a fly in the wall, a brand new fly in the wall behind the scenes documentary, an extended interview with Jack Ketchum, restoration comparison, progeny, the birth of offspring, an archive behind the scenes featurette including interviews with the cast and crew, the first stolen bailout, an archive behind the scenes featurette, webisodes, short featurettes used to promote the film online, an archive easter eggs, uh, you've got theatrical trailer, image gallery and other bits and bobs. So yeah, like I see this movie, um, this is probably the best way you're ever going to see it and I'm not just saying that because I love Arrow Video, uh, I have seen the print and it's fucking nuts how amazing this movie looks um, and tons of stuff on there, it's not often that you get a two for one 
on these sort of things. So if you can splurge it a little bit, get yourself that limited edition because you know what it's like when they go out of print with Arrow. Um, it, it can cost a fortune to replace. I just want to thank Lucky McKee again for agreeing to do the interview. It was great to chat to him and hopefully we get more details on his upcoming project soon and hopefully a chance to sit down with him and shoot the shit again. Right, I hope you've enjoyed this special interview episode of Podcast Under the Stairs. And um, yeah, rather than give you all the details of how to check out this podcast, all I'll say is I'll be back on Thursday for another bonus episode. And until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.